if you want something, just do it. And if you're, you know what I mean? And so many people said to me, well, it's Chris, it's not that easy to just do it. Well, it, it may not be easy to do it, but just do it. That's all it takes. The Move Entrepreneur Evolved Podcast. Get on it. Here we are. Awesome. We've got today's podcast. Super pumped. We've got Chris Shavodiak, and it is a pleasure to talk with you. Um, I've spoke with you a few times before, and you've had nothing but great energy. And I know that you have a ton of stories uh, to bring up. So let's go ahead and get this thing started. How are you? Hey, I'm doing excellent, man. Better than I've probably done in the past four weeks than I have in probably 20 years of my life. Wow. Well, let's. I mean, that's a huge statement. So let's go ahead and dive directly into what does that mean? What, um, when did this journey start? That's, that's one of the things no. that I think Moved is about. Let's, let's see where did this journey start for you? Well, if you want to go back to this, why, I'm, um, why things have changed for me here is I've always been very aware of, of my life and you know how my brain works, but I wasn't reading into it the proper way. I don't think, but, um, you know, like I, I took this time as hard as it was to go isolate myself and move to an acreage, you know, that has a beautiful spa in it. And, you know, it's just me and my dog and I, I, you know, I'm 44 years old, but I needed to, something just hit me where I needed to do some soul searching and, Mm. and find out who I was, you know, over the past 20 years and, and really expel any demons or any lies or any manipulation I've had in my life and, you know, my childhood and, and really resurrect that and, and come forward with it to, to make myself mentally healthy. Um, so this past four works where weeks have been extremely beneficial to me, um, you know, with, with my self growth and whatnot, I've never read a book in my entire life, not one. And I just I started I, reading I a book. I think I saw that I had read that, um, and you had mentioned you had never read a book and uh, you might not, be, I mean, it's, it's quite uncommon, but um, I think that probably wouldn't be uh, confused as you're not, you've never read. <laughs> and I can read, I can assure you, I can read very well, but um, I uh, started reading a book called infinite possibilities. And it's, it really teaches you where I was never cognizant or I never believed in that kind of stuff of, you know, self-help books of, you know, do this and this outcome will be this or manifest this and you can do that. You know, um, I thought I believed it, but I didn't know it to that extent. And this, this, this book has been teaching me that your beliefs align with your thoughts and your thoughts can become things. And, um, you know, and just that energy you put out there. So I've, I've really cleared my mind of anything negative that's mm-hmm. happened in my past life, you know, whether it was addiction that I had, you know, I went through, you know, 15 years ago. And uh, all the way up to, you know, everything with my childhood and be able to release all that kind of stuff. And I've never felt so lifted and so light in my entire life as I have in these past four weeks. Let's let's take a look so that we can kind of create that contrast. What what does life look like right now for you? So that's a, you know, maybe we can generate that contrast. You know, what's your business uh, doing and purpose right now? Cause that obviously is being a part of your passion. What is that business? And then let's dive in a little bit to what that journey has been to get there. And then uh, maybe talk about some of those inf- infinite, you know, possibilities and mind changes. So what, what is, what is Jube two, Jube two, Jube two, Jube two. Okay. 
So Juke 2, so I just, I've always been wanting to be able to somehow give back and or not necessarily give back, but be able to help with the community of entrepreneurship. Um, I've really been coming, uh, having a hard time with, with three words lately. And one's the C word, which is COVID, right? It drives me bonkers. I hate it. The other word that I'm really getting that I think is overused is entrepreneur. Um, I think people are starting to not understand exactly what an entrepreneur is. And, um, you know, the third word I, I really dislike is Zoom. Because mm. <laughs> it's just there's been so many Zoom, 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 yeah. Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. And I'm such an int- or extrovert that I really need that human connection, whether we're standing 10 feet away and talking. But so I built a business. My main business is Jujube Business Builders. And that's now the umbrella for several different platforms where I own a radio show with a very large media company for called the Entrepreneur's Lounge that's able for entrepreneurs to talk about their stories, their fails, their wins and stuff like that. Not a commercial, you know, because we want to hear how you overcame those struggles. So we interview 20 to 40 businesses a month on that. Unfortunately, we can't get into studio right now, but we'll be bringing that back right away. Uh, then I own a very successful um speakers and networking event with a mini trade show every month we have about 100 220 businesses attend so i really like that arm locking of people being able to come in there and connect with like-minded people um so then i came up and i literally literally sleep with a with a book beside my bed because i wake up in the middle of the night with ideas and i gotta write them down otherwise i'll forget them and i came up with jube too which jube two came from the word jujube. It's just now the second part of it. So it's just jube two. We offer two parts where the click to pay less in business and life store. So what I've done is I've built a platform for all entrepreneurs, startups, and business owners, no matter what stage they're in, to get access to the top vetted vendors that provide the services that they need, these business owners, entrepreneurs, to be a sustainable, profitable, and successful business all at a discounted rate. So we offer absolutely every service, accounting, bookkeeping, uh, content writing, corporate law, health and dental benefits, um, coaching, web design, lead gen, podcasts, absolutely everything at a discounted rate. And on top of that, our subscribers, they also get access to all their life and life wants and needs at a discounted rate. So I built this business on the infinity eight symbol is the more money I can save people in life, the more money they can put into their business and the more money they make in their business, the more they can put back into their life. And that's a continual line that's never going to break and just keep getting bigger and bigger. So that game, that's why we're the click to pay less in business and life store. So our subscribers only pay 25 bucks a month. And this isn't a pitch, but this is how we're able to help, you know, especially businesses in this time, what's going on, you know, to save on their accounting, bookkeeping at 30%, 25%. Their websites, like for example, we had somebody purchase a website a couple of weeks ago. It was for three thousand bucks. They saved six hundred change. They paid their subscription off for two years. Then we got another person got incorporated, saved two hundred fifty bucks. That saved it for a year. So it's really nice to be able to give back to that community and be able to help them, you know, not breaking their bank to get access to all of this. Um, and then if they're not using the business services, they get discounts on their spa services, oil changes, retail clothing, restaurants hotels, car rentals, dry cleaning, all that kind of stuff. That's all going to help in the life as well. So that's what we built Jube to on that concept. Now, I've always said that there's many things that, you know, happen in life, but many times they're kind of the same And the model that you, and again, I, maybe this comes off wrong, but those books, booklets that you would get 
and you would buy those booklets and they would have all these opportunities. If I'm getting this wrong, please tell me, but my natural reaction would be, you have this booklet, you would pay $25 for the book or whatever it would be. And you would have all these options and things and resources. Basically you're buying yourself into a set of resources that would then give you the relationships you would need. Did I, did I get that right? Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's like a, a you know a platform we have in Canada called Groupon. Um, you know, so you get access to this app and you get discounts on all your groceries and people put on specials and stuff like that. What I've done now is taken that book that you're talking about and this Groupon app is and turned it into business services, which nobody else is doing really around there. You so, know, you, so this is a really good that. point. So you utilized a formula that you had already kind of seen. And was that a, a, a platform that you had seen that kind of sparked this idea? Was this that idea off of those? I, I mean, I re, you remember those. They were probably 20 years ago. But I remember what they were called. <laughs> I, I they were called this F-E-U-P, students something. I can't remember something That's like what that. It was. Maybe they were different yeah. But yeah, the kids would have them at school and you'd be able to you know, bring them home and you can go door to door and sell them. Right. Um, but yeah, I, you know, and it's funny, you know, so many people have asked me a question, you know, who's your competition? I don't know. And you know, like, how did you start this concept? I don't know. I just get a feeling and it literally starts in my toes. And I just, you <laughs> know, like I'm so ADHD that I can't really think and go back on where I came with these ideas. I just come up with them. And if it feels good on every part of my body, I'm going to release it and I'm going to put it so out there. Let's and I'm put, yeah, let's put some, some meat to that. Um, with somebody that has what you would self-describe as ADHD, right? <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think I've been prescribed that many times. Um, I had a friend of mine, what was he like 76? And I'll never forget we're in a restaurant and he leans over to me and he goes, hey, you know what? He's like, I've never met a person that had ADHD that was boring. I always have a good time with them. <laughs> and he really, and it was, oh. so, it was true. It was like, you know what? Personalities are, are quite interesting, right? I always try to run the line between cocky and confident. And that fall is always usually pretty fall, pretty far. But when you're up there, it feels pretty good. But ultimately, my question would be in, in the concept that you just created, I think that it's bringing up a great point that ADHD, the next statement would be, what is your actionable thing that you do when you come up with an idea like this? What has been maybe in your life that you said, look, I now have this concept. What's the first step does somebody take? I mean, I'm there's a lot of people that are like you and a lot of people that might be like me where we have these ideas firing, but you have to execute. And I think a great person that's probably like that is an Elon Musk. You know, he, he, his brain just fires and fires, but there has to be execution. What have you found in your experience to lock in a sense of execution? Because you could be firing off all over the place. You know what? Like I said, when you get that internal feeling of, you know, like that this something right. And I don't know if this will come across understandable or not, but Nike said it good, but my dad said it better. If you want something, just do it. And if you're, you know what I mean? And so many people said to me, well, it's Chris, it's not that easy to just do it. Well, it, it may not be easy to do it, but just do it. That's all it takes. So if it feels right for me, I mean, the way that I start out with it, I get that idea. I come up with the domain name, let that morph into, 
you know, like the idea and, and like I actually visualize, I'm a very big visualist. That's why I have a hard time reading. I need to almost have a pop-up book, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? To be able to see it. Um, not that, you know, I'm remedial that way, but I need, um, and then I just execute it from there, you know, get that website. And as each step goes, I'm able to visualize the next step into going and, I'm not sure how to explain it because my brain's way different than that, but each step allows me to open up a whole new web of different ideas for that. And, you know, and I try them all and it's not that I throw shit at the wall to see if it sticks, but if it's something that I think is going to work again, I fail forward. And if it doesn't, I don't, it doesn't bother me. I just learn. I'd love failing, you know, but that's how I go into that chain of, of, of events by starting just with that domain name and, this day and age, that's where it starts for me, you know, is the idea that just yeah. that domain it'll start. I, I agree. And maybe, maybe going back, looking back at um, maybe your life, because I think there's a lot of guys that are a lot like us. And I think that there's a lot of people that can relate. Um, the very first, the marketing company that I started was called On The Move Marketing. And basically, I used to always say taking, uh, taking companies from the old school to the digital new school. And I think uh, a story that I think would be quite valuable. Where was that transition for you? Because we, you know, at, at this age, you are at a point where there's this trans there, there was before the internet <laughs> and there was all these things that you could do and being in media or being in um, in-person events, you probably could pull the rubber band pretty far to still get them to, um, participate in those events. What would, what would, do you remember the time when it went, we got to change? Do you remember when that shifted where the internet went, we've got, we've got to actually change this model a little bit for you? No, I don't know if I can. Um, because I was never involved in the online space ever in my life. I've always just been an, an employee with a number. Mm. Right. Like, so I just, I never paid attention to what they were doing. I was always paying attention to what I was doing. And, and then I woke up one day and decided I didn't want to work for anybody else and that I couldn't work for anybody else. I have an extreme issue with authority. Um, and that, that's just one of the things that I need to get over, but, um, the transition, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm following exactly how I should answer that. Um, I, th- I think that the majority, like a lot of people run into this position where they see the internet and they haven't had the, they say, oh, I got to go all in and you can't hold on to the past is where I'm getting at. There's, there was a time in business maybe where you went, oh, wow, this thing's getting real. I better put my full efforts here. Yeah. So that happened to me five years ago. Five years ago. Yeah, exactly. Is what was that? Understood. What's that? What was that? catalyst, I guess you would say. So I was working for a company in oil and gas making, you know, a very nice number of six figures. And somebody had introduced to me a thing called a health spending account. And um, what it is, is it's benefits for incorporated businesses anyway, where you can write off absolutely everything at 100%. If you don't have one, you can only write off 3%, yada, yada, yada. And I remember sitting there thinking that I use social media just to display my dogs or me going fishing because I'm an avid fly fisherman or, you know, things I thought was cool on the internet and motivational stuff and, and the reach that I had. And I was like, you know what? Like I never used it for work because I always had a set client, like my own territory. Um, 
But then I just remembered, you know, if I can reach this many people personally, then it's got to be extremely powerful that if you're an authentic and genuine person and you're selling something that you truly believe in and it's going to help other people, the reach must be unlimited. Like, the, like you can just, and then that's when the power hit me. And that's when I started going off with, with these health spending accounts and did extremely well with it. I still have not utilized the internet to its full capacity because I'm a very big organic guy, you know, but I do know capability. If I throw some money at it, it, you know, it could just do wonders for me, but I've always been more of the organic kind of way, but that's when I, I realized how powerful it could be and how powerful it was. And I, I yeah, and I think that that's one thing I, I, I've really enjoyed watching is watching almost like a timeline. And let's say that it's like a, a timeline that ultimately you're watching the internet kind of do its thing. Right. And then all these people are trying to like hold back. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, I, I like the old way I'm not changing. And it's almost like they're hooked onto it no matter what. So like a rubber band, they just get all the way to here. And then all of a sudden you're like, I gotta go, you know, you, you've got to get to that point. And I think that's happening a lot yeah. going back. Um, you know, ha owning a media company and, and um, uh, talk shows and things like that. Um, I thought I would just bring up uh, the unfortunate of uh, Rush Limbaugh passed away today. Um, oh, yeah, what a qu quite a figure in media, um, e even if you might not agree with the guy and all those things and people might have opinions and whatever. Talk about an icon that um, got a lot of flack for many years and a, a recognized voice in the country. I, I think that it's perfect that you were in that space and, you know, this person had passed. I don't know if you had heard that yet, but uh, yeah. No, I haven't. Rest in peace, Rush, Rush Limbaugh. Um, but uh, going back, I thought that I would bring up uh, maybe some of some stories of, of your past and, and a little bit of, of your journey that got you here. It hasn't always been easy. Is that is that fair to say? Oh, absolutely. I have always, always been that guy that took that bumpy road, even when I was placed right on that smooth road saying this is where it's going to take you if you follow it. I was always like, no, I'm going to take it the hard way. And I did that with absolutely everything in life. Um, you know, like there's, I'm very transparent and very open. And, you know, a lot of people said, you know, where have you, how have you got to where you are today? Because one thing that sat with me is I, I ran into one of my high school teachers, my last time of grade 10, because I dropped out in grade 10 and, um, I saw him and he was wearing a toque all the way to here and a toque to here. Cause it was like minus 30 out and I could recognize his eyes and his name was Mr. Abu. And I said, Mr. Abu. And he, he always answered, how do you do? Right. And he was the best guy ever. And so he pulled down his scarf and he looked at me and he grabbed my face and he's like, I cannot believe that I can tell the teachers that I, that he was retired, that you're still alive. And that hit me really hard. Right. He's like, you were such a badass, you know, growing up, you were fighting, skipping school, doing drugs and all that stuff. And now you're the, you know, the top uh, top account manager for Pitney Bowes, which is a fortune 500 company, you know? And um, so that really hit me that, you know, like with my life and here's my ADHD that just kicked in. So what topic were you asking me again? So your transitions in your life, there was a oh, time right. period. Sure. 
that in your life so you, that things weren't so good and maybe we you know what was that picture what did that picture look like because i think one of the things that i like to cover is uh, i mean you're smiling you I, I don't know if you got it but you got a little bit of a tan you look good you're sharp you got all that going but the story to get here had a little ruffled feathers right <laughs> so it did you know back, what this is part of me this is part of my self re, uh, rejuvenation that I'm doing right now. I'm totally isolated by myself because back when I was <clears throat> younger, <clears throat> I was always a child that needed self or needed approval always from my dad and my mom and people around me. Does my hair look good? Does this shirt look good? Am I doing okay? I was, you know, like if they'd ask me, did you do your homework? And I would say yes. So I'd get a praise, but really I didn't do my homework. Then I'd get my ass kicked. You know, and then so I've always been looking for that self-assurance by somebody. I always needed it. And since I couldn't get it, I turned into a person that became extremely thick. And I got into drugs and alcohol even harder, you know, to slow me down. And I was so good at being the guy you're looking at right now. And nobody would know. But I had all these demons in the background that were just destroying me so badly, you know, lying, manipulating, cheating. And I can't say exactly when it hit me, but um, I had to release absolutely everything from my life, every secret I've had. And I've done it. And the hardest time it was to do was to my daughter, right? Like to tell her about my life and the way I lived it and the way I hid it and masked it and became, I trained myself to be a very confident man. When I walk into a room without floating my own boat, I demand respect and I get it. People always want to be around me. And so I started thinking, why do I have these events? So people would praise me. Chris is having great events. You know, he's bringing everybody together. That was the assurance I was getting that I didn't get as a child mm -hmm. or that I felt I didn't get, you know? So now I became to the self-realization that I don't need that, that like, I'm not kidding you. Four weeks ago was the first time I ever looked in the mirror and said, fuck, you know what? I like you, man. You know, and that's why, you know, like within four weeks, I know it's such a short time, but when you're as driven as a person as I am and the people I surround myself with, you're going to take what you fucking want and you're going to, you're going to do everything in your power. And I've lifted every single burden out of my soul and every lie and every, everything. So today, even in this four weeks, I still have a long journey of learning about myself. But from four weeks ago today, it's been four weeks ago today that I have become the man that I want to be. And that's why, you know, like I transitioned a while ago because I've always wanted to be that. But these past four weeks are my journey to never go back and to present so there's, myself. There's something there that you just said that was so good. And that like I'm here in these four weeks <clears throat> and I think that your business is moving forward. You're generating relationships, right? You have a form of laughter. I think those things are quite important. But what you're sharing, and again, I'm just a reflection of, of what I'm hearing, but you're feeling that there was there, the glow of glory is amongst you, meaning that you've done the work because you didn't start four weeks ago. <laughs> no. You didn't start. You started feeling this way four weeks ago. And you're I start started, and then four weeks ago, it's hit me. Yeah, hit me like Mike Tyson punching in the face, and like he said, everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face, right? Especially by him. You know, and, I'll, I'll you tell know, you that's such me, a I got punched in the face by 
Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. I just said it's just such a true statement. I, I think that it, it's true. You you don't know, and not only that, you don't know how hard that hit is either. And I mean, a lot well, of people react to a punch, but maybe you just got grazed. But then you look at someone, you're right? Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. But you I, know, like like Sylvester Stallone. When he did that statement, when he did the last Rocky movie, he said, let me tell you something. The life isn't made up of sunshine and rainbows. Life will beat you to your knees till you can't get up anymore. Right. And it's not about how hard you can get. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep getting up and keep moving. That's how winning is done. And I think a lot of people, you have to dig deep in order to be able to understand that and feel that. You know, because I think a lot of people, especially at my age at 44, are thinking, you know what? I don't know if I got that in me. Fuck that, man. You got a lot of fight in you and you're still young and and you can have the world at your feet. I will never, ever in my entire life go back to my old ways. But again, do I regret it? No, because it's made me the person I am. And I'm so transparent that people say, how did you get to where you are today? And I'll tell them straight up cocaine and addiction. Because it's hardened me and it's made me self-realize who I was. And if I didn't have that, I wouldn't be who I am today. I am genuine and I'm caring. And for once in my fucking life, I love myself, man. You know, and it's, and it's, it's that. that hey, brother, I got to tell you right now, man, just you saying it is like, that's awesome. I mean, just for you to actually say that, you know, we all have these things like, you know, Maybe we all hit that wall, you know? Maybe we all hit a wall and we say, I finally accept the things that were the most difficult about our lives. Rock bottom's a beautiful place. Mm -hmm. That's interesting, yeah, that's true. That's true. It, it, it's not beautiful at the moment. It's a beautiful movie to rewind. <laughs> and if you are in the mindset to understand, like your, people think of bottom or rock bottom is you being destitute on the streets with a pipe hanging on your mouth and nowhere to go. That's not rock bottom for everybody. Rock bottom can be your emotional state and your mental state where you have no idea in your head where to go. Yet you got money and there's people who commit suicide over it and stuff like that. That's, that's can be rock bottom to somebody. To me, that's what it was. I still had money. I still have me and everything like that. But mentally I wasn't there and I was always too pride proud to ask for help. And now I, I don't care who you are. If I need help with something, I'm going to ask you. And if you need help, ask me and I'll do my best to do it or tell you why I can't. Would you, um, would you say that your experience over the last few years on the internet has been a hyper, um, a hyper example of people actually helping people and people being assholes? No. Um, I still look at the internet as I did five years ago hmm. is that, um, it's a tool mm. to me. It, that's all it is because I'm like, and I've always felt this way that I find I'm not going to categorize everybody or make absolutes, mm. but everybody is about themselves. And I've learned that through my entire career of sales. People want to talk about themselves. They want to do that. The minute you start talking about that, your successes and everything. One thing I've learned, you know, what gets attention on, on the internet is your losses, your fails. That's what people seem to, to resonate with. 
And so I don't look at the internet as a tool for my business. I use it. I actually, I do I look at it as a tool for my business, but I don't look at it as my main resource. Got it. My main resource is my connectivity and my aura and my genuinity to people that know me. So I've surrounded myself with hundreds of people that are just like me, that love me. And I love them right back. And they see my integrity and my authenticity. And that's when they're willing more to help me. I can't get anybody in the public by posting jube to, I get people that totally ignore it, but then I can post a video of two cats with boxing gloves and playing with each other and boxing and they'll get 300,000 likes. So I don't use it as like my main thing because it's, it's not there. It's unfortunate that it's not like that, but there's no emotion through the internet. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I, I think, um, I think there's a lot of shifts that are going here that I think are, I think there's a lot of people, the old woke, the woke thing has been coming through, but I think it's, 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 it, I know it's kind of a buzzword, um, but maybe with a lot of this information that we're able to get and learn from each other, it can be compartmentalized. And instead of kind of being alone, there's, there's at least some tools, right? So in your, when you were, when you were doing during these times and you've obviously opened up, so I, I'll just chat about them. Your addiction was cocaine. Is that right? Sure, sure. That's right. Cocaine and booze. I have, you know, and I mean, I guess I get, I, I understand it. I mean, I have a, a wild side of mine, um, but what is it? I think that there's value also in people that never have been addicted to that stuff and understanding that person who, who was that guy that you were? Um, maybe a little bit of that story. Who was that guy? Like, was it a daily when, when I was, when I had my addiction? Yeah. Was it, was it literally all the time? Was it, was it just yeah. was it running from something? What, what do we think? It was running for something. Because this personality is very common as a business owner. And in in I'm not saying that Coke is the common thing. I'm saying that the addiction or the, um, the, uh, the rush is quite common in the entrepreneur world. It's, it's not uncommon of the risk factor, I guess you could say. Sure, but see, the reason I got into it first was, you know, like at a young age, I was at a party, totally, because I've always been the most insecure man in the world. And, you know, like, hey, have you ever tried this before? Oh yeah, man, yeah, give me one, right? Never tried it before. Wow, this actually slowed my brain down. So when I look back at it and I self-analyze, when I was doing it, it had a reverse effect on me. It would actually slow my brain down because my brain is, it's like taking one of those airsoft guns machine and just all over the wall and they're bouncing everywhere. That's my brain. When I would take that stuff, it would slow me down. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's what I started doing. It is just through work. And then it became the glamour side of things. You're out with, you know, the girls and the rock stars or whatever, you know what I mean? Like you think you're in that world. And then it started becoming consuming more of your life. And mm -hmm. I was still the same guy as that you're seeing right now. I'm still the same personality, same all that. And I swear to God, I would never change. I just needed to release a demon to get rid of it. Something that could control me because I said earlier in this, this talk here that I have a problem with authority. Well, mm -hmm. fucking Coke is an authority. It owns you. And I can't get past the fact of somebody owning me and telling me what to do and what I want. And so can I ask what you, I had, can I, ask, can I ask you why? Why what? Why is authority um, 
such a, a defense mechanism for you? Whenever I've worked in sales, I've, I've always found that there's always somebody there who's got the chesty puff, you know what I mean? The puffy chest and all that kind of stuff, like especially the managers. And I have been raised with manners. I mean, the most utmost manners. And um, where it all came from is people telling me what to do and not asking me what to do. You know, like, Chris, go do this. And I'd be like, ask me and I'll do it. Tell me and I'm not going to do it. And I would give back that same respect. I would always do that. I would never tell somebody, you have to do this or else. So I always go back to that saying, treat people's how you, people how you want to be treated. And that's where my authority came from, is people telling me what to do. And I'd be very transparent with them. Don't tell me what to do, okay? Like, and I would say that even in interviews. Two things I would say to interviews. If you're going to make me role play, I don't want the job for the interview. I don't want to do it. Or if you have role playing sessions, or if you, t you guys are going to tell me what to do, ask me, give me suggestions and tell me, you know, certain things that might better what I do, but don't tell me what to do. Hmm. And I couldn't handle that. In every position I've had, there was always somebody who was higher up than me that always felt like they had to tell us what to do. No, you're doing this. No, you're doing this. So how does, doing how that, does that reflect in what you've learned in leadership in the way that you lead? Because uh, the old, you know, like you said, the uh, you know, treat treat people the way you want to be treated. How has that uh, transitioned your leadership? Um, because I mean, there there's times I got to tell someone what to do because there's a fire in that room, and you better get that water over there, and you better shut your mouth because that's got to get out because the emergency is greater than my kindness, I guess you could say. So there's times of pressure, but how have you transitioned that into your leadership style? Because that's a great, that's a great learning tool. Yeah. And you know what? I've always looked at myself that I was never a leader. So when I have employees, I've never said this person works for me. I've been at networking events where people say, oh, I work for Juke too. I'm like, no, you don't. And I'll actually stop them while I'm in a conversation. I'm like, you don't work for me. You don't work for Juke too. We work together. This is your company as much as it's mine. And I don't care. That's my very strong belief. I hate that when somebody says, I work for you. I can't handle that. And if there is an emergency or whatever, I've, I've found that myself becoming a social chameleon, genuine social chameleon, being able to adapt to people, to read their body language and their eyes, how to communicate with them effectively and be able to genuinely manipulate them and motivate them into doing what you need. So like that water has to be over there. Now I'm just not that kind of guy who would be like that fucking water needs to be over there right now. Like get it, whatever. I'd be like, listen, I've told you one time, like, or asked you one time that's got to get over there. It's extremely important to everybody around here and this environment and to us, can you just do it right now? And, I'm, and I'll stand there and I'll just be quiet, but I will ask them in a very, I guess, assertive way. But I would never be like, you got to go do this right now. Do it or else. And, and then we're going to be talking later. <laughs> I, I can't. The old catalyst. Said, <laughs> you know, like my biggest pet peeve in the world. I have a couple pet peeves is one, people who don't wave when you let them in on traffic. Two, people who drag their feet when they walk. I've actually gone and actually picked strangers up and be like, do you know how lazy you look? Pick your feet up and tie your shoes. And the third one that really gets me going is when somebody says to you, hey, Chris, we got to talk later. Uh-uh. I'm a cut and dry now. You just had enough time to tell me we got to talk later. Give me the subject right now and let's talk. 
right? Like I, I want to deal with things right off the bat. So when it comes to leadership and everything like that, I, I explain that to them right out of the get go. I think that that's quite interesting. It's um, <clears throat> I think one of the things that the internet is doing for businesses, if you position correctly, is that a lot of the things that would happen in small towns um, might not happen now. Meaning that in small towns, you've got three job opportunities, the tire shop, maybe you've got, uh, you know, the print shop, and then maybe you've got the bike shop or something. And the scarcity of youth jobs back then would keep you stuck at that job because opportunity was as small as it is. So this guy's kicking my ass every day because my options are not very high. And I think one thing that's happening in, in the internet is that your options are a lot higher. They're a lot greater. You could take a job where uh, fortunate and unfortunate that you could ultimately work at home and you don't need that authority issue. Whatever that is, there is opportunity to learn different skills that we're going to need. And I think that that authority also has to do with just maybe even just, I don't like assholes. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's and that's a big part of it. Like if it comes out, have you ever, have you ever come across that asshole who is that guy at the tire shop or whatever? I've learned that if you're genuine about it, it's like, hey, what are you yelling at me for? Like, ask me, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'll do whatever you want me to do, but just ask me. You don't need to yell at me, man. Like, are you okay with that? I think a great example is okay. that uh, undercover billionaire or whatever that was, and or or undercover owner. I think that the business, the television show, and they would go in there. And oh, then, the undercover boss. Undercover boss. And I think that that was a great example of, you know, Man, I didn't realize people were treating people this way. However, I do think, and this is the caveat, would be some people just don't move. And sometimes there's certain people that I've employed that I, I realized this guy has potential. But man, I got to get this guy to move. How am I going to yeah. get this guy to move? And there's another thing, too, I think that you're bringing up a good point. And maybe that's hiring, right? It's like, Maybe you find that ultimately people that if they're lazy, they didn't want it anyways. <laughs> I don't know if you found that out too. So going, going back a little bit in, in your story, you, you have a pretty fascinating story of, of overcoming crazy stuff. And I know that there was a story um, that you were, I don't know, maybe it was eight years ago or so. Um, and you had an emergency happen inside your outside of your home. And I think that this is interesting um, because it tells a story of willingness, number one, um, but you probably learned a few things during this. And I think you know what I'm talking about. Uh, you had a scenario you where- you talking about this one? <laughs> yes. So and that was three years ago, three or four years ago. That one was. I'll lay this up. Um, I'm glad to have you here, buddy. Louisville Slugger didn't win this one, but go ahead and set the stage. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a hard story, but I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot here that has to do with who you are. And I think also maybe there's uh, something to discuss in a learning story here. So you're in your home. You know, so this goes back to my dad and I are very similar. My dad's my best friend in all of the land. We fly fish together. Like he is my mentor. 
he's the person I've always aspired to be. We're just best buddies and he's an action taker. I'm an action taker. And it's just something I've learned is that even if somebody is robbing a store, I'm going to step in and do something if somebody's in harm. So when it comes to something like that, I have no fear, none, zero. So my daughter had a couple girlfriends over. They were 16, 17 years old. Two of them left. I was cleaning out the garage with my girlfriend at the time. And one of them came running back and said, four men are attacking us at the end of your street and trying to take us into their vehicle. I didn't even hesitate. I just went running down there. And uh, I, I'm very good at assessing a situation. I was that kind of guy that when we'd go to the bar, I could just look around and just tell the aura and energy of it. And I'd say to my buddies, we got to go. There's something bad's going to happen tonight. We got to go. And sure enough, something bad had happened that we heard. So when I went down there, I instantly knew. I looked at them all, all four guys. And I told those girls, I'm like, get behind me. And I, I got a little cocky. I'm like, what are you guys doing? They're like, mind your old business, old man. They were only like 17, 18 years old. And uh, they started getting all gang symbols on me and all that kind of stuff. And I said to them, I said, and I remember saying to them, don't write a check your ass can't cash. Because I had no fear. And then sure enough, one guy came, they started getting, you know, the fort separating to cover every angle. And sure enough, before I even got another word, smack, and they split me from here all the way to here. You can see my skull, it was cracked, everything. And then they jumped on me, knocked my teeth out, my jaw and everything. And I literally stood up and said, is that all you got? And I turned around, the girls were safe. They followed me back to my house. And I remember my neighbors came over, they said, we're so sorry we didn't help, but we were so scared. But what are you made out of? I'm like, why? They're like, because you stood up and said, and lit a cigarette and said, is that all you got? And you walked home. And it didn't phase me. You know, all I was concerned about was these girls. And if they were going to do this again, you know, like, and, um, you know, it was funny on the news interview, if you look up Christopher Darrell, Calgary, that's, you know, it'll show it. It went viral. Like I was getting gifts from Japan, from Ireland, from all over the place saying, thank you for standing up for these people. But I got so much hate mail too, saying you're some kind of idiot. Why would you walk out? at 11 o'clock at night by yourself on a dark street with four men that you know are aggravated. I'm like, why wouldn't I? What is that girl going to do by herself? Mm. That young teenager. What am I supposed to do? Call the cops and wait. And by this time they could have beaten her or taken her away and they couldn't find her. I'm going to take that chance. So they asked me, would you do this again? I was like over and over and over and over. And that's where it goes back to my business of me. If I feel something's right, I'm just going to do it. So when I wake up with the idea with Jube 2, I'm just going to do it. If somebody's in trouble, even Jason, I don't know you, and I'm sure you could kick my ass from every which way from Sunday. But, but you know what I mean? You're a trained fighter and you have that mindset. And I'm sure you have your very deep person and an old soul, I can tell. But I would still come to your aid if you didn't need it. In any capacity with any human. I, I think that story... Um, the reason I bring it up and, and, and you know, it's the reason is it, it reminds me of the word willingness. Which word? Willingness. You were willing, your okay. willingness to go. And so someone asked me, we were talking the other day about fighters and things. And I'm sure people learn quickly that I'm just a big fight freak. I'll talk about people that have no arms trying to box at three in the morning. I mean, that's how bad I am about fighting. And ultimately, I think that somebody asked me, they said, Who, who's the best fighter? And I said, the one willing to fight. 
I mean, at yeah. the end of the day, that you know, you can take a hundred people and the people that are willing to actually fight. So let's take that same concept. And when we talk about business owners and things like that, it's like there's a willingness to get up and do this shit again. Like just this do way, it. Just do it. It sucks. Like there's a glorification of the Ferrari and a glorification of all the traveling and all that stuff. But I was on uh, with a friend of mine and he actually is going to be a guest as, way, as well. His name's Sal. And he, he used to tell me all the time. He's like, but business is boring. Business is boring, right? But the glory is great. And I think your story tells a story of willingness that people aren't willing to take and, and not going to the self-defense side and mechanisms that I would just totally dissect and be like, hey, here's the deal. You shouldn't have been doing that. You know, but at the end of the day, the the benefit was greater than the fear. And you watch three young girls feel that they were going to get assaulted. And at that time, you felt that you would take that willingness. I think that ties in with the same personality that you have today, that when you go for business or you go make a deal, you have willingness. Would you say that that is something that you're that you the difference in people that you consider entrepreneurs or business people, do you think that that's one of the caveats? Do people have to have that piece? Do you see that? You have to have it. And I see it less and less all the time. And I've always been that guy to always hold back and never wear anything, you know, wear anything on my sleeve. Um, because I deal with hundreds of entrepreneurs a month, you know, like so many. And, um, I've got to the point where now I just get pissed off because I'll, you know, I'll meet a guy or a girl and they're like, oh, I started this new, I don't care what it is, bracelet company. And it's called Spinful Meaning or something or whatever it is. And they're, they, I can feel the passion and their drive and it gets me excited and my heart warm and my adrenaline going for them. And then I talk to them in two months and I'm like, how's that business going? Oh, I'm doing something else now. Now I'm, I'm doing cryptocurrency exchange or foreign exchange now on the internet. I'm like, why? Oh, well, it just wasn't working. I was taking too long. You were only in it for three months. Don't, and I've even got to the point, don't talk to me. I just, I'm, I'm so disappointed. You had so much drive and fire in your heart. And now you're jumping the train of what everybody's doing. Because now I constantly get called, Chris, do you want to join this MLM here of crypto exchange or, or Bitcoin or foreign exchange? And I'm like, no get, do something, build something yourself. It is my own business. I'm like, somebody else built that. And which is fine. People are very successful in that, but I just get very frustrated. And that's why I'm really starting to hate the word entrepreneur, because I feel like people aren't understanding what it is. So I start, I, there's a name in Hawaii. Tell me a little bit more about that. Cause if you know that, that, I think it's a triggering word as well. Tell, you know, tell me a little bit more what you think about that. What the word entrepreneur? Yeah. What, what is it that you think has been and I, I'm on kind of the same page as you, but I'm curious to see it's what, just what's over you, this you know, that, that maybe it's not entrepreneur. Maybe it's just the new job. I mean, you, there's so many side hustles that could be out there these days. There's so many, you know, oh, but not, it's but, go ahead. Everything's limitless for you now, this day and age, now that the internet. So you can do whatever you want. Just like when the C word came out, COVID, you know, I came up with a thing, me and my business partner, he actually came up with it is, um, uh, Stephen is, um, oh, did I lose you, man? Oh, there you go. 
Move on the whole entrepreneur of all does not uh, charge his computer because of the Zoom. <laughs> so, like when the whole C word came out, the COVID is all that. You know, my buddy, my business partner, um, we came up with the thing. Well, he came up with it is pivot, don't panic. Just pivot, man. And that's the same way with life in your relationship and everything. So, you know, in entrepreneurship, if something's not working, and somebody jumps ship to go to the next one, to me, I'm already tainted and I hate judging people is that you're never going to succeed. You need to, you need to have that just do it drive and give it a chance. Like I've been building this business for five years and it's only until recently I started seeing some revenue. I had to keep changing and, and adapting to what people, people's needs are and what people's wants are. And I think that's what entrepreneurship is. When you get shows like Shark Tank and Dragon's Den, entrepreneur, entrepreneur, entrepreneur. And now people think, well, I just started this. Now I'm an entrepreneur. But there's so much underlying foundation that needs to be built to be as an entrepreneur. You need to build resilience. You need to, you need to have a tough skin. You got to learn how to take constructive criticism. You got to, you got to be able to be willing to work hard now so you don't have to so much later. And and build in the mind building a legacy for your children or your wife or, or whoever it is. And, you know, and I think people just think of that word entrepreneurship or entrepreneur and get excited because they started a new business building snowballs, you know? So I just think it's being overused. And it was like that song um, by Coldplay, but they say these three words are said too much, but not enough. And it's, I love you. Right. But entrepreneurship is being said too much now. But the meaning is not enough now. If that makes any sense to you, it just I just feel like it's just slowly. It's like the whole direct selling industry. Like first it was pyramid, right? Everything was a pyramid, and then they transitioned the name into MLM, multi level marketing. It's still the same thing, and then they come into affiliate marketing. Mm. So there's no. I don't want entrepreneur to go to that state. So there, in, in the Hawaiian language, entrepreneur, I think it was like Malaiki, I think it is. So I started calling that I'm a Malaiki. I think that's what it was, right? Like just to stop that word entrepreneur. Maybe the, maybe, maybe the question that could be asked is, you know, you're an entrepreneur. The question is, are, are, do you want to build a business? And I think that that's yeah. a shift in um, our society. And um, I think that, it's probably been marketed that way as well. I think that um, it's been marketed as an entrepreneur. Um, how do you find yourself um, saying no to your ideas? Saying no to my own ideas? Not Yeah, even to your own ideas or new ideas that are coming into you. Because obviously, uh, you know, as we get new, as you're getting these ideas, they're going all over the place. You could think to do them all. What, what, have you found a process to say, look, I can't do that. You know, what, what, what do you do to like say no? I mean, well, see, this step if, I'm shop, if I'm in a candy shop, they're like, Hey, what candy do you want? I'm like, I want them all. <laughs> yeah. See, like this goes back to when I was talking there about my childhood that I always needed assurance. Like, yeah, your hair looks good. Yeah. Your clothes look good. Yada, 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 right? Chris, yeah, you're doing a great job. I always needed that because I was so insecure. So when somebody comes to me just until recently, a year or two ago, and they wanted to present an idea to me, I'd be that yes guy. Okay, teach me all about it when I had zero interest in it because I was too afraid to say no. 
because I was too afraid as a young child to say no to my family. So I'd always say yes. And I would lead these people on to think that since I was like a, a, a leader in the entrepreneurial world, they thought I was excited about it when I really wasn't, then I would ignore it. It was so wrong for me to do, to, to placate these people and get them excited. So I've learned that, you know, like, hey, this, this is a great idea. And here's my suggestions on how you can make it work. But it's not for me. It's not, I'm, I'm too busy in building a legacy for, for what I want to build a legacy for and too involved in this when maybe in a couple of years, I'll have a look at this, but it's no offense to you, but I'm not interested at it at this time, but it sounds great. And this is how I might not saying my way is the right way, but here's how I can throw my suggestions in instead of having me help you with your business and get my connection. Here's what I think you should do. Mm-hmm. Because I think and it's tough, I just, especially yeah. with, with good personality and, and having an, a good intent, you tend to get the uh, law of attraction working in your favor. Um, so it's probably common to be asked with that personality. Um, you, you, probably get the pers- you probably get a lot of people wanting you to be the front guy for those situations because of your personality and how you have the ability to speak. Um, the, those those people that are entrepreneurs that you found because your your Jube tube here um, is a resource for that, right? It's it's they go can go to JubeTube and then that's a resource that they can utilize. In that, what are some of the skills that in that resource are becoming more more of the top three? <laughs> which which one purchased the most? in those services, are you seeing, are, are the services being purchased for a long time? It might've been web design. It might've been chat, might've been, you know, whatever that is a funnel design. What, what are you finding that people um, are purchasing through JubeTube uh, the most? Well, personality, but if you want to go as the actual service, cause that's where I strive my business on is the personality integrity of the people. So that's what they're buying right out of the gate. But I can't really say exactly because there's so much of it going on in there. But I would say mostly, you know, the accounting and bookkeeping, because it's, you know, something that they don't do. Insurance is a big one. Um, you know, coaching is big because it's so diverse because I I don't just take on people that are here, analyze your business and here's where you need to make money. These are actually people who are developing you as a human to, to, to build a better business. So I find that one really, really takes off and I'm biased. So I'll push certain industries a bit more inside of my Jube 2 than I would certain other ones. I'm very big on that self one because Jube 2 I've explained to you is a, is a, is, um, a discount platform for all the business services you need and you get life discounts. But in three weeks, I'm launching another business instead of the word entrepreneurship, it's entrepreneur fit and -hmm. it's health and wellness for the mind, body, business, and soul. So it's all health related industries. There's sex coaches, there's relationship coaches, there's mindset coaches, there's mental health coaches, there's health products, everything at a discounted rate, because I find it so important for the entrepreneur to be grounded and to remember that you got to eat healthy and exercise and have that relationship with your wife or husband and your children and all that kind of stuff. So I want to be able to have those resources for it. And now I just went off on this whole thing and I totally forgot the question you were asking me. So, but that's, um, I have no right. idea. That's my, that's ADHD. okay. That's okay. That's okay. So, um, in that, um, I think that it's, it brings value to understand. I think that all of these stories that, um, 
that come on this channel at least is there's a before and there's an after. And I think that one thing that just in this conversation that I learned from you is just like, you know, with ADHD or uh, the willingness to go do something, there's, there's kind of a tiger in you that just will keep going. And I think that um, tiger blood, tiger blood, baby. I think that ultimately there's a lot of people that are like you, right? I mean, there is. And I think that um, there is some things that entrepreneur, the word is a buzzword, but I do think that in today's age, there's no better time. Literally, there has been no better time. I mean, you don't have to go and get a buggy and a horse to go a mile away to go pick up some hay bales, put them in there, drive them all the way back and ask for your money, right? You can literally have yeah. an offer and you can literally generate an audience and then be able to do that. I think it's extraordinary of what we're able to do. Very, very interesting. Oh, yeah. So it, 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 with everything going on, um, and I know that you've brought in the COVID thing, so I think I'll just bring it up. How do you think this is affecting business owners um, now? Um, you've, you, I don't know if you, did you go into an isolation? Did you get COVID yourself? Or did you do that just on a personal side? <coughs> no, I didn't. And that cough wasn't a COVID. Yeah, that wasn't very good timing, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I didn't do it on purpose, but um, uh, you know what? Like again, I think that the issues that they were having, having is of course, a lot of it was out of their means to do anything. I mean, the government had put on so many restrictions that yeah, it screwed them. But again, I go back to that pivot. Don't panic, you know. Like so, the way that I like, I I'll take myself out of my shoes and put it into me as being a restaurant owner, which I have no idea about being a restaurant owner is that if Skip the Dish has got so many people on it, start marketing your company through Skip the Dish. Send that link, send that link. You know what I mean? Instead of saying, this is my company, Pork Chops Express or whatever, and you can get us through Skip the Dish, start promoting Skip the Dish because of all the, their links are recognized everywhere. You know what I mean? So you go to your profile on Skip the Dish and share that link and keep pushing that, keep putting it out there and, and making it, you know what I mean? So that people are ordering from that link and they're always seeing it, seeing that consistency and repetitiveness. Whereas I see all these restaurants promoting just their company. Uh-uh, use somebody bigger. You know what I mean? Like skip the dishes a very, I know you guys probably don't know that out here, but it's like the biggest is that delivery. A, is, that, is that a- out here. With Uber Eats. Go get on that Uber Eats link and share your company through that. You know what I mean? Because Facebook's going to support it more mm-hmm. instead of you sharing a link. It's like sharing a YouTube link. They don't show it to too many people. Mm-hmm. But that's how I was like trying to think, you know, that's a way of pivoting or create a group. What's your favorite foods? You know what I mean? People love adding stuff to gr- groups like that. Oh, I love this. And then, you know, do that. Well, hey, did you know Pork Chop Express has this? We have a vegan poutine. You know what I mean? Here's our skip the dish link. Create those groups. Get as many people into it as you can. Just be diverse and think outside of that instead of thinking. So what you're saying, my business a lot of uh, diversity and collaboration. Um, uh, Absolutely. Ask for help. Can you guys help me? I started this business a year ago. I'd really appreciate anybody on my friend list just helping me. Could you share this link for me? Do you mind helping people? As soon as you ask people, do you mind helping people? They're like, oh, of course I do. I'll help. You know what I mean? It takes two seconds. 
you know, you'll get some people on, some people not, but ask for it. Don't just. Still ask, like, hey, we're still in launch phase. Can you help me? You know, and I'll, I'll say in return, send me something you want to send out to your community and I'll do it for you, too. I think this is a great and I use this right now, even this organic strategy of basically asking for help to grow this channel. I mean, uh, right now, I mean, as this is being filmed, we're still in the early episodes. And I think that what you're saying brings a lot of value to people um, in, in the starting phases of that brand. And so if I'm hearing you right, um, utilize your organic strategies early on, get a lot of feedback, right? And as yeah. you get that feedback, then you start to scale it. Um, but in the beginning, I think I'm going to relate with you, is that um, people like the underdog more than you think. And if, yeah. someone's, if someone's willing to put in the fight and you really genuinely say, I'm trying to hit a goal. Here's a great example. If you, do you remember being a kid and um, you had to run laps? And you would get yeah. a certain dollar amount for how many laps that you would do. And then you'd basically sure. go to your family, friend, or whatever you do. And you'd say, hey, by the way, would you sponsor me? And then what would they say? Oh, I'll give you a dollar a lap. And then they're going to, and then they look at you and they go, wait a minute, how many, how many laps, how many laps can you do? And then all of a sudden the calculations yeah. start, oh shit, I'm going to pay $55 for this $1 shot. But they were willing yeah. to help. I mean, I have a goal that I want to do a hundred laps. Okay. I'll give you 25 cents a lap, right? That had nothing to do with if, if what this conversation is, there really wasn't a lot of value other than the value would be you hit the goal. So when you go succeed yeah. and you could tell them their money value in exchange would be your victory, right? Your smile is what you gave them to hitting the goal. And I think that there's a lot of what you just said right there that people could take and, and say, look, my goal is to get this. And the hardest part is the rocket ship. The beginning of the rocket ship's the hardest. And what you're saying, and I think we would agree that starting off just genuinely asking people just to help. And then eventually you might get out of that help phase because they're like, hey, by the way, you're Nike. How much? I mean, then it backflash. Then it back kicks, right? You're yeah. a sellout. Well, you know, like, <laughs> you know like you go back to the, we had a huge recession here a few years and, you know, like, and I, I really admire guys like Ford, right? Like they, they, didn't, they didn't take a handout from anybody during the recession here, right? Like, you know, like Chevy needed a handout because they were going under all these car companies except for Ford. And Ford, what they did, and I love their diversity, is they went and bought Land Rover. They took all the patents and everything and built the Ford Explorer from Land Rover and from uh, Jaguar or something like that. I can't remember, but they built this super SUV, held on to the patents and then sold the companies back to the Land Rover. But now Ford owns the patents. Mm. And that's so they spent money to make money during this. And that's why I think these restaurants and people who are failing out here is do that pivot, don't panic and start doing different things that'll you know, like start finding out, you know, what people want in your business. This is the perfect time to do it. Even in a personal relationship, visit your family, get to know them a bit better. You know, with your business, get to know your clients a bit better. Now's the perfect time to do it. Yeah. It's not bringing the money. Find a side hustle. 
And so you're saying that it's the perfect time because there's a downtime. To rejuvenate. This is the mm -hmm. perfect time to rejuvenate right now. My business is different because I'm offering a, all the services a business needs to be sustainable and profitable, but now I'm giving it to them at a majorly discounted rate. So whether it's a startup or a, a restaurant that's failing right now, yeah, change is very hard for people, but they can go to knowing that they're getting a trusted vetted vendor to do their accounting and bookkeeping. And that transition might take a little bit, but now you're saving, you know, $4,000 a year. Don't tell me that's not going to help. Take that money and put it back into your marketing dollars. Take that and rebuild a menu that you've spent during the COVID time to find out what people actually want. I guess you would say that making friends on the internet is kind of like knocking doors, right? Uh, you'd go canvassing and you go out there and you meet as many people as you can. Well, I think, I, th I think that uh, your story, uh, Chris is awesome. I think that your struggles of honesty, uh, not struggles of honesty, but uh, your struggles and then creating honesty um, is quite amazing. I think that uh, a lot of people um, listening to this, uh, you know, there's always a story is, Oh, this is that, but you, you know, you have a story that says, look, I looked perfectly fine, but I was absolutely addicted. I didn't have all the things that I kind of was going after that you wanted. And that once that ended, did you say that your life, how long did it take after you quit doing those things that were so damaging? How long did it take for you to go, God, I feel better? Well, the results are almost immediately as long as you're in that mindset. I have never had a craving for either or, right? Like, because I've diverted my mind. Like, I meditate every single day. I take in all the positive and release all my negative and everything and really focus on that stuff. So it doesn't take long, but it all depends on the individual. Like, for me, you know, like, my girlfriend is like, oh, my God, you've transitioned 360 degrees so quickly. But when you have the kind of drive that I have and the want and the just do it mindset, it's a lot easier. Like, I don't think about the negative sides. Like, well, what if I do relapse? What am I going to do? I don't think of those things. That's why I had such a, and I don't, this is a very touchy subject is I don't believe in AA. I know it's helped millions of people in the world, but I believe you are what you tell yourself. So when I when I I've gone to one AA meeting and I've heard some people stand up and say I've been hi my name's Nancy and I've been thirty years or I'm alcoholic and I've been clean for thirty years and they say it every time, quit calling yourself an alcoholic, quit calling yourself a failure, quit mm -hmm. calling yourself a loser, because you are what you tell yourself. Hi, I'm Nancy. I've been clean for thirty years. End of. Mm. You know what I mean? So if I get in that mindset, like I don't ever want to go back and be like, hi, my name's Chris. I'm an addict. Even to myself when I meditate, like, hey, you know, like, hi, Chris, you're an addict. You're an alcoholic. No, I'm not. You know, like, yeah, I've had issues and I've overcome them. I haven't had one craving in a very long time. Like it doesn't even even cross my mind, but it's different for each individual. So maybe there's a really good lesson there. You're you're really not. And it's so funny to hear cliches that become so real, right? You're not, you're not a product of what your past was. You are who you are today. Absolutely. And I've always strived to be a product of my, to making myself a product of my environment or my environment, a product of me, not me be a product of my environment. Right. Well, that's, 
That's amazing. And I think that that is a perfect close for us. You nailed it. I mean, be a product of who you want to be around, be a reflection of that. And I think that that's exactly what your environment, be a product of you. Right. Like that's, that's all you need, you know, like don't be a product of the environment that's set out of there by the internet and the people telling you this and telling you that and blah, blah, blah. You make your environment a product of you. And well, you're an example of change, my friend, Chris, where can these people find you? Uh, where, where can they connect with you? Um, so those that have enjoyed this, that, uh, want to go further with you, where can they, where can they go? Uh, well, they can just go look up Juju business, which is J U J U B E business. That's on J U J U B E business. That's on Facebook. Good luck with my last name, but it's Chris Shabodiak. Um, all when when you if you give me a recording of this, I'll post it too, and I'll have my stuff in there. But other than that, if you guys want to save time, money, and be part of one of the fastest growing integral communities of entrepreneurship, startups, and business owners in Canada, go to jube2.com. Just j u b e number two.com. You can reach out to us anytime. It comes directly to me. I'm a lone wolf when it comes to my business. I got ninety partners, but it's just me. You'll be in contact with. And I'd love to connect with anybody that's like-minded, whether we do business or not. Well, Chris, it's been a pleasure, my friend. We got, we were excited to do this when we met and you've been nothing but of a ball of energy. And not only that, your story's amazing in the way that you've overcome things. Thank you so much for being a, a part of this journey of uh, moved entrepreneur evolved. And um, I hope everybody connects with you just as much as I have. Thank you so much, Chris. Appreciate it. Hey, thank you. I can't appreciate you enough. I'm so glad we got connected, man. If you like this episode, make sure you smash the like button and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just like Nike is to athletes, Moved is to entrepreneurs.